The Movie Hour, episode 32, April 28, 2009. Spoiler alert, the following hour of programming may contain both movie plots and swearing. Welcome everyone to the Will Wheaton Star Trek The Movie Hour. This is Greg Maloney podcasting from Lake Orion, Michigan. Hey everyone, this is Jim Maloney from Rochester Hills, Michigan. Hello, Jeff Hendrickson from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania here. We need to start with a big congratulations to Gunga Pitt's own, big fan of the movie hour, Michelle W.'s uh, marathon run. Uh, I think it was the Big Sur Marathon in California. Did it on Sunday, and I believe she was in the top quarter, almost. Nope, one-third, one-third. It's 33.333% repeating. Of course. She did a very good job, time of uh, 4.14. I think that's faster than I could drive 26 miles, so that's it's pretty big. That's pretty big. I think I'm, I'm, she's inspiring me to run my own marathon. Maybe sometime, I don't know, five years from now. I'd say next week we could do it. Time. Yeah, next week would work. The Detroit Marathon, when's that? Running uh, running October. for your life in the streets of Detroit. Is that every day or is that a specific day I can pull that off? <laughs> yes and yes. <laughs> well, she did, a, she did a great job. She did a great job. I'm, I'm proud of her. And she ran, supposedly she ran with a giant Gunga Pit slash movie hour banner on her back. That's what she told me. Really? So... Yeah, that's true cool. story, and I believe her. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, she was disheartened though. I told her, and this is uh, news for everybody. We are now going to be releasing the movie hour on Thursday morning slash Wednesday night. If you're up pretty late, we're gonna put a some a uh, couple extra hours in production, and we need to. We're actually getting pretty busy, so we're gonna record Tuesday live, and we'll be releasing the episode for the Thursday morning people. So now, if you're looking forward to us Wednesday morning. It's going to have to happen Thursday morning. We apologize if this uh, disrupts your schedule. Uh, we are going to be releasing this episode by tomorrow, but next week, I believe, the episode, what day is that going to be? It's going to be May 4th. May 4th episode is going to come out on the 6th. That's something like that. Anyways, I'm not good with dates, but we apologize for anything, this, this scheduling conflicts for everybody. Yeah, and if um, you know the production doesn't live up to this extra day of work, then feel free to call the studios and complain. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're, stu- we're doing this for you, so please let us know what you think about it, you. Stu- <laughs> it's, always av- it's always available to take your phone calls 24-7. Uh, we, all, we need to discuss the, the genius. These are big. Our, we have some big movie reviews this week. Uh, I think I'm going to hold mine for later, though, because it's epic. So we need to start with, let's go with James today. Me today, huh? All right. Yeah. Um, I actually saw a movie called Gone Baby Gone. Um, oh, I saw that. 2007. <laughs> um, I've seen that before. <laughs> it was directed and partially written by Mr. Ben Affleck. Um, it's actually wow. based on a book by uh, Dennis Lehane of uh, Mystic River fame. Um, the movie itself is about a four-year-old Boston girl who uh, gets abducted uh, from a really crappy neighborhood. Um, the whole crime turns into this big media event, and the police are very into it. Um Amy Ryan is the actress who plays her mom, a drugged-up single mother. She was actually nominated for an Oscar for this role. Um, and the mom is kind of content to just let the cops investigate it. But uh, the girl's aunt, played by uh, Amy Madigan, uh, hires a local P.I. and his girlfriend to kind of look into it. Uh, the P.I. is played by uh, Casey Affleck, and the girlfriend's played by uh, Michelle Monaghan, for those of you who know sh- who she is. Um, tell me how Ed Harris did. Tell me how Ed Harris did. Oh, you already know that your boy's Ed Harris was in it, huh? Oh, of course. Uh, I'll get to him. Um, <laughs> the, the detectives kind of usually handle, like, 
debtors on the run, like finding them, but they end up taking this case just because they know the neighborhood well and kind of know the seedy aspects of it, kind of stuff that the cops might know. Um, they end up getting a good lead on the case. It kind of goes in a bad direction, kind of sets off a string of events that uh, causes the PIs to kind of second-guess themselves. You know, things go poorly, so they kind of, you know, have a little bit of guilt and that kind of stuff. Um, Morgan Freeman plays... The, the cop of this special missing kid um, investigative unit, and Ed Harris is one of his cops, along with John Aston, who uh, you guys might know from uh, Beverly Hills Cop. He plays Taggart. Nice. But, I didn't uh, think he had a career still. That's great. Yeah, exactly. Um, I like the movie. Um, it's kind of dark and moody. Uh, there's a couple of intense scenes in it. Um, there's some moral ambiguity in it, too, which is kind of interesting. And the ending isn't... Like totally Hollywood eyes, so I, I liked it. I think it's worth a rental. Um, I, I liked it a lot just because of the gritty kind of setting that it has. So that, that added a lot to it for me. Surprisingly, this was like critically acclaimed, right? Like it won a lot of stuff. Yeah, it? I didn't um, hate this movie, and Affleck had a lot to do with it. So that's yeah, which is scary. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was pretty. Yeah, good, I, I think the only Oscar it was up for was for the acting for um, Amy Ryan. Oh, really? Amy but, Ryan uh, was yeah. phenomenal in it. Yeah, yeah, you really, it was hard to, like, um, sympathize with this character because she's a drugged out single mom who doesn't seem to care about the kid, but she does such a good job at it that, you know, she's doing a, a really good acting job. Very interesting, very interesting. And a movie from 2007, James, you're starting to, you're starting to catch up. Although I did, I did, yeah. <laughs> I did review The Exorcist not too long ago, but still. Yeah. And it was you, something that I actually liked this time, so usually I get the bummers. So you would uh, you would recommend this? Yeah, it's worth a rental. Normal person, very interesting. Hmm. I'm not sure if I'm a Casey Affleck uh, fan per se, but I like Morgan Casey Freeman and Harris have to be good. <laughs> I disagree with you, Greg. I love Casey Affleck. I don't. I, I'm not going to go that far, but um, well, I, I guess I'll talk about the movie I saw. Um, yeah, please. Okay, then I will. I saw a movie that was recommended to me back. I guess it was it was probably. Uh, Early on in college, this movie was recommended to me, and I, I put it off and for about eight years or so, a movie called Wet Hot American Summer. Um, it's a movie that came out in 2001, and it was uh, it's kind of based in the, I guess, the early 80s, I think. Uh, yeah, 1981, and it's the last day of summer yeah. camp, and uh, hijinks ensue. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's okay. It's, it stars uh, Janine Garofalo. David Hyde Pierce, uh, Michael Showalter is one of the main characters. He's also one of the writers. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, Paul Rudd played a played a relatively small part in it. Molly Shannon played a small part in it. Uh, a couple other people you might recommend recognize from a couple places. Amy Poehler was in it. Um, but um, it was one of those movies where they throw like three thousand jokes at the wall and like thirty of them stick, and so you definitely wind up laughing a few times and then like groaning a lot more. But not a bad movie. It was sort of funny. I don't know. Paul Rudd had he played like this asshole guy, and he he was kind of funny in it. And uh, and Amy Poehler was was funny as always. Jeannie Garofalo pretty much played herself, I think. And uh, I, don't know, I was gonna say, do you right. do you like Jeannie Garofalo? Not like, really. I, it seems to be a love hate for her. I, yeah, I, I really don't think I care for her too much. <laughs> James, do you like Janine Garofalo? Uh, actually, I do, yeah. I'm more in the, the love section of that, I guess. You'll have to fight to the death and see who wins. Okay. Whoever side God's on will win, <laughs> do not worry. So, this is one of those movies, um, 
I was actually talking to a buddy of mine out here in Philly about it, and he said it's one of those movies where there's really not a plot, just a bunch of shit going on, kind of like in Dazed and Confused, only not as good as Dazed and Confused. And uh, I can't, I can't help but agree with that. Uh, there, there's just a ton of different stuff going on, and some of it was funny, and some of it wasn't. And uh, it kind of, it's one of those movies that gives you the idea that you could write it, basically. I probably could write it. I'm that good. Well, now you could. It's already out there. So you, well, you wouldn't recommend this to anybody? Eh, as as no. somebody recommended to you, you would not pass it on to another? No, I wouldn't. Uh, no, I, there are mo- a ton of movies that I'd recommend before this one. No, this this would not get the uh, the Jeff Seal of approval. Right, right. I've got a I've got a big one. This one's super big. It's like mega super big. I ended up catching this this weekend. This was, I gave it a chance. I, I watched Twilight. And I will, I'll, I'll throw some disclaimers out there. I'll throw some disclaimers out there. I did watch it with two people that were serious about watching it and two other people that actually had already seen it, but were not serious about watching because they thought it was a joke. And I don't think anybody there had read the novel. And I, I do want to point out that I'm not reviewing the novel here. I'm reviewing the movie. If you want a review of the novel, I have some female teenage cousins you can talk to. <laughs> um, Sing. <laughs> but yeah, uh, regardless though, you need, you need to avoid this movie unless you are interested in seeing how close it is to the book, or if you just, I don't know. And if you're looking to find some cheap laughs at the movie's expense, you could probably catch it too. But, uh, the, the plot consists of, uh, Kristen Stewart's character. It's like a high school, uh, girl having to move out and live with her dad, and, which I think is, they picked the, uh, most rainfall per year place in the U.S. I forget what name of the town is. But it turns out that this high school also, also is, uh, also is partially inhabited by vampires, and she figures this out. Within Obviously, like three, yeah, she figures this out within three days. When the rest of the high school people there are just oblivious, her classmates have no idea what's going on. Um, and of course, as soon as she figures that out, she's also in love with this vampire guy, which is uh, I think it's played by Robert Pattinson. Is that his name? Pattinson, Sounds right, Pattinson. Um, but <laughs> I guess I'll start out with what I liked about it, which is sort of a short list, but. The scene, there's a scene where this van, this family of vampires, like this quote unquote family, all that have been turned into vampires pretty much by the same person, are playing baseball. And that's like the one part where the, um, I forget the director's name, Catherine, Catherine Hardwick, uh, actually does a decent job where the action seems sort of seamless and it's interesting. And it's of course like superhuman people playing baseball, knocking it way out into the woods and it, it's interesting. Um, and it's a funny idea. But uh, also, Billy Burke, the guy that plays the dad, he plays like a divorced dad in the movie that uh, um, Bella is staying with during the entirety of the movie, pretty much, is the only guy I feel sorry for. Like, he seems like he's like genuinely playing his character, and you, it doesn't seem forced, and like he's the only guy I, I, I thought getting, did a good job. Wait, he's probably getting paid plenty. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. The rest of the movie is pretty terrible. I've, like, I've never seen a movie that... Every character in it, even even Billy Burke's character, uh, is just so just morose and unsure of themselves. The entire movie, like every decision they make, they cannot figure out if they're doing the right thing, and they're just just not confident. Kristen Stewart's Bella, just nonstop when she's looking at people, she just keeps batting her eyes and just opening and closing her mouth, like as she's trying to speak. But it's it's the weirdest thing. If you watch it, just look at it. It's so funny. Um, I don't know if she's trying to look vulnerable or what, but it's a joke and. Uh, like I don't, <laughs> I don't. This movie, you I don't want to write. Like, yeah, yeah, more of that. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. More of that. <laughs> yeah. Catherine Hardwick hasn't directed anything either. Like she has like three other movies that I've never heard of, and I'm not, I'm not surprised. It's uh, like it was. I, I'm, I'm sure the movie made tons of money. I don't remember the, the number, but um, 
The other thing I wanted to point out specifically, there's a lot of things to make fun of, but the vampire's abilities, I don't want to rag on too much because I'm not a big vampire buff, but they all have like the super speed, which is, which is fine, but during different parts of the movie, they just start like w- running on air, like as if they're levitating, and that's their super speed, like in, in, when he's running up a hill, he's just coasting up the hill as if he's like not even touching the ground, and then some other times, the vampires like zip around in fast motion, running around the ground, and they just need to, you know, they just need to pick a weight and go with it, you know, sort of like uh, the, the Jerry Seinfeld joke. They need to just figure, like, I don't know what the, the there was confusion going on, but uh, it was just bad. It was just bad. And, um, like, the live listeners are saying, it needed more cowbell, and it would have been fine. But um, I tried, I, I, in honesty to all those Twilight people out there, I, I tried, and it didn't work out. I'm sure the book portrayed a way better relationship between the two, uh, Bella and the, the vampire, Eddie. Eddie. But Bella anyhow. opens her mouth, closes her mouth, bats her eyelids, opens her yeah, mouth, closes yeah. her mouth, bats her eyelids. Um, Love is established. I, I there I there are a lot it. of those books out there, and I know this is a movie podcast, but there are, there are a ton of these, and it's not just the, uh, the Twilight books. There are a bunch of different books out there that are like vampire romances, and I think that there's a, there's a good market to be had in this, but I think maybe put a little twist on it and make it a, um, a zombie romance where it's like, you know, the normal girl falls in love there with a zombie. Go. Man, and I, I can go. see, I can see like some really, really intense drama coming out of this. And uh, you make up your own joke for that, but I, I think, uh, I, I think, I think maybe we can write a short story about that. Maybe that can be. The I next had no thing idea you were a zombie. I thought you were just independent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could work. It could work. Uh, we do have a. There are actually another another warning, which is coming up in our in our movies movie uh, weekly review of what's coming out this week. We have a uh, quite a big. Big list of stuff coming out this week. The first thing that we've actually discussed before is uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine, which, again, I need to warn you guys, if you're a fan of the comics, please don't see this movie. And if you are just looking for a brainless, action-packed, you know, CGI machine, this would probably be interesting for you to catch. The Um, only reason I might ever watch it is... Kind of like the reason when people tell you about uh, voting for president and the people who don't vote, like, oh, then you don't have a right to complain. It's like that might be the only reason I see this X Men origin. <laughs> I haven't, yeah, I haven't heard that. Ap- I haven't heard that applied to movies. <laughs> you can't bitch like, about yes, I it. I saw it in its entirety, and yes, it did suck like I thought so. <laughs> well, that, that negates the entire uh, premise of our podcast here, where we bitch about movies we haven't seen before. So. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> so probably not a good That's idea to start great. that precedent. Another thing to point out is uh, the vampire boy from Twilight, Robert Pattinson, is in another movie coming out uh, tomorrow, which is when you probably catch the podcast, where he plays a pretty much disheartened uh, musician, which is going to be, you know, it's perfect for him, according to a Twilight character. Maybe he's playing the same guy. We'll see. Um, We do have other big movies, not only Wolverine, but Ghost of Girlfriends Past with Matt McConaughey. This thing's going to make billions. Uh, Yes, it will. And it looks horrible. <laughs> it's gonna. What are you talking about, Matthew McConaughey? Pretty much He's his dreamy. character being visited by the girlfriends that he used to. I don't know if they're dead. I hope they're not dead, but they're ghosts. <laughs> I hope they're not <laughs> and they're, dead. And they're visiting him, so hopefully, uh, 
Hopefully they're. In, uh, I don't know. Hopefully everything's all right with those girls. I hope they're not dead. Uh, I blame yeah. you for this movie, basically. Really? Yeah, for using it as your answer to the Parker Posey play along about the uh, the story that's been reimagined. Oh, that's a good this point. Is that's Christmas point. Carol all over again, but it sure is. interesting. Interesting. People caught yeah. on and made a movie. Although now they're now they're just yeah they're taking more steps away. Like fuck Christmas, let's do this every day. Yeah. And have ghosts come come to visit people. That's a good point. Very good point. Uh, you you mentioned earlier, uh, which is something to discuss, that Michael Keaton's coming back to the big screen. Although I have no idea what this movie's about, The Merry Gentleman. Seems like it's going to be... It doesn't uh, matter. I'm just glad he's coming back. Boy, right, girl, I fan. love Michael Keaton. Boy, girl, find themselves in Chicago. I don't know. And the girl, Kelly McDonald, uh, she seems interesting. Is that the British chick? Yeah. I think it's the British chick. From the, the choke disaster. Right, from the but, choke well, nightmare and the old country, no country for old men and train spotting, right? That's her. Yep, true story, true story. Did you want to uh, discuss any of these other movies? I know we got The Skeptic. I'm sort of skip- no, I'm not even going to touch that joke. Not going to touch that joke. I left wow. it. I left it. Yeah, we have we have big fish to fry still, so let's let's get this moving to what we promised last week. And this is a movie we're addressing for a couple of reasons, uh, mainly because we have a lot of plans for uh, the month of May, which we'll, we'll get to later. But uh, Star Trek... The new, the relaunched, the call it what you want, recharged, redone, remade, the movie is coming out the 15th, I believe it is, which we will discuss a little bit, uh, the podcast before then, but we wanted to go a little more in depth today. And there's, there's a lot of, let's see, a lot of buzz about the movie, I guess would be an understatement about it, just because it's been 10 years, 10 years? Hasn't been ten. Has it been how long has it been since the last Star Trek movie? I think it's been like seven or eight. Seven or eight, which is big. And a lot of, like yeah, the the shows I know have been doing decently. One finally got uh, one of the recent ones actually got owned and got uh, canceled. But There's still Star shows. Trek's getting yeah, Star Trek's wow. getting new life, and it's by J.J. Abrams, which I'm sure James, you have a lot to say about. Um. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> your lost. No, he's your lost boy. He helped create Lost. Yeah. He's, yeah. So, I, I I got a little bit of respect for him. He's at least trying. Yeah, it's uh. Although he did, uh, you know, that great Cloverfield movie. Oh, did he? I didn't know wow. he did direct that. <laughs> yeah, which we which we brought up a couple times. Yeah, so it's, he's got some hits and misses under his belt. So it'll be interesting to see how see how he does here. But at least he's trying. So I'll I'll start with the generic and obvious question of why why Star Trek being remade first off, and why is it such a big deal? Like, is this this franchise, is this thing going to live for our lifetimes? Is this the point? Like, we've seen Superman come back, we've seen Batman come back, and now it's Star Trek's turn? Yeah, pretty much, I think. It's just like, oh, yeah, that whole origin story thing is working. Let's try our version. Jeff, what do you have to say about it? I have never seen a Star Trek movie, and I have Are you very little to say about any of this. So I will do my wow. best this podcast to... Uh, have you drink. seen any of the TV shows? I may have caught a couple minutes of a couple of them. I know um, the bald guy, the bald English guy, was in uh, Patrick, Patrick Stewart. Stewart. <laughs> was, was in was in one of them, and then that's 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 about where I'm at. That's so. Awesome. Are you an anti fan, or you just have I, never I, had I'm experience just, with it? You know, I'm I'm just not interested. I guess I, gotcha. I've never been interested. Like it's I I it, maybe if I had gotten in early, like, but I I just don't know. Anything maybe about maybe it. I, I feel floor. like I, I feel like I'm too old to. 
to start getting into it now maybe and I don't know I, yeah it's just and it's never been anything like I know you guys watch it and we've been friends for a long time but like at no point have you guys been like dude we're totally we're totally throwing in Star Trek like it's not so uh, it's never well we watched really Rathacon many many yeah. times Rathacon so, is the crown jewel of the how have you, yeah how have you franchise. not seen Star Trek 2 Rathacon I that's, that's my first just, question just uh, I, I, I guess I just wasn't there those times Dude, gotcha. I'm totally throwing that in next time you're around. All right, cool. Cool. Looking forward to it. <laughs> you totally haven't seen this. I know thing. about well, I know about him yelling Khan because it's so, <laughs> and Ricardo Montalban's in it, so it's right, good. right. He plays Khan, right? Yeah, yeah. I I I must admit I'm not a I'm not a huge like I'm not a Trekkie. That's for sure. I'm I'm a big I'm definitely a fan of the series, more of the the next generation because the. The other series was just a little, the classic original series was before my time, and I never took the time to catch up on it. I've seen a few of them, um, but I've seen most of the movies. Uh, Star Trek the Motion Picture came out long, like 1979, so it's going to be 30 years now since uh, since the beginning of the, at least the movie saga. And I must, like they're really good stories. The um, but I was going to say uh, sorry. Uh, the writer Gene Roddenberry, who's also writer creator, he did a really good job. At, like he's done the original se- series, he did all the movies as far as I know, and he's not involved in this one. I'm sure he's uh, just used for uh, original story. Um, but he also does. He also did the movies, the episodes, all of them, which is I forget the numbers, like 300 now with between TNG and the original. I think it's 230, 40. But what's big about it is all the stories he does in those things, every single, like, every single episode is just pretty much sunken with symbolism, where everything's like, okay, this will be a story about the racism between this planet and this class and these people, and it's gonna reflect what we discuss on Earth every day. And like, here's the free will episode, and here's the pollution episode, and the human's rights episode, and it's all just taking those series and putting the reflection to, you know, what we deal with day to day. On the Earth, it's it, great. Was this the the original that you're talking about, or is this the next generation? It's, it's both. It's both. Oh. Like the original, at, at least had a lot of the racism stuff, but and, and you know it has your class, like you know human spirit definitions, especially with Spock, and then later on with uh, Star Trek: Next Generation with Data. But it's uh, what it means to be a human, etc. But I really think, I really think the series is sort of. I think it's big and it's important, and I, I liked it. And I think Jeff and anyone else out there should. At least give it a fair a fair shake. Yeah, but. I know a lot of people love it, and that was actually one of the things when I found out we were going to be doing this. One of the things, the questions that I had was, why do people love this so much? And I guess that might be one of the reasons that, is that it kind of uh, people tend to like, and definitely I tend to like. Uh, it's it's a lot easier to to swallow a message when when you put it in the form of an allegory, and you're talking about you know you might be talking about black people and white people in America, but if you put it in space and you make certain people look totally different, and you you kind of put a different spin on it it's it can be a little easier to swallow that way um so that, that's interesting yeah, it, i don't yeah, think it, it makes me want to uh learn klingon and get married in some sort of weird klingon ceremony yeah i don't i don't know klingon unfortunately unfortunately i think it's also one of the first things that people like had a chance to actually geek out with i mean sci-fi early 60s when the or sorry mid 60s when the uh, television show came out uh kind of bombed a little bit but made a you know a comeback but i mean this is pre-Star Wars and all that, so I think it was like the first thing that, you know, science geeks and stuff like that could, you know, wrap their hands around and watch their, their, uh, avatar 
Captain Kirk go around and bang hot aliens. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. Like, I do, yeah, that, that really... is one thing I definitely know about the Star Trek uh, Star Trek shows that Captain Kirk would bang just about anything. Yeah, it, I think I think both here. Go ahead, James. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, and it's kind of a little different than a lot of the other sci-fi takes. It seems like a lot of the other early sci-fi was how crappy the world is, you know, in the future and that kind of stuff. Whereas this society that Gene Roddenberry helped create is, you know, a nice society, everyone gets along, you know, they kind of, there's no money money system, it's all like just, everyone just does their job and is happy doing it. Um, their whole world tends to be, like, you know, in the movies and the show anyway, uh, the world is a ship, so it kind of has this family atmosphere about it, because everyone's forced to live together. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's a totally different look at culture as opposed to, like, you know, Star Wars or some of the old... Uh, 50s and 60s uh, sci-fi movies. I think, uh, yeah, I think you're, I think you're completely right. And uh, like I said earlier, when you have, uh, and Jeff pointed this out with just the the story and allegory of putting putting the debate on screen instead of putting it, you know, in an essay or something like that, and showing what the possibilities of what could happen and what this what this future might be like is is really interesting. And that does sort of bring us up um, to today, where Wait, so. But this is the this this is not your father's Star Trek. This new one, right? Yeah, I saw yeah, that, that is something that is so. I, I want that is something. <laughs> <laughs> that is that's a good point. That's a very good point. They're they are really trying to distance distance themselves from the originals, aren't they? It yeah, does. Seem I think that it's way. a mistake. <laughs> really, <laughs> I don't mind them like gearing it for a newer crowd and stuff, but actually just put that as their slogan and like pretty much cut the umbilical cord from all their old fans has got to be a mistake, advertising wise. Make yeah, sure, I, you know, spruce up the action, you know, spruce up the, the the sexiness of it or whatever, you know, make the battle fights more like, you know, airplane fights instead of submarine fights. Do all that stuff, but then to actually just say, yeah, we're not with these people over here that might buy tickets, so, you know. They did shun them, I must admit. <laughs> yeah. There was, was a shunning. I'm, I'm surprised they, they used that as a slogan. It's, uh, I don't know, like, for it's already been, uh, the premiere has already. I know there's been one in Sydney and one in London. I think so. There's already been some reviews out there and stuff like that. And obviously, I've not. I have not caught it. But a lot of people are saying that it really has sort of. It really has destroyed the old. The old story. This is really just going to be a giant. You know, I was going to. I was going to say masturbation, but I'm not going to say that. I'm going to go. <laughs> you already did it twice. Yeah. <laughs> um. Pretty much just a giant technical feat of CGI and big, you know, we have no big faces in this, but you've got your sex scene and your action sequence and your space fights, and that's what this movie's going to be. It's not going to be anything else but that, and there are some other people on the other end of that, but that's I think that's the big worry. So is this going to be the Star Wars Episode One for big-time Trekkies? Is that what this is going to be like? Where Probably. it's incredibly disappointing for people that were, like, fans of the series, but for people that are just, you know, like, for kids or whatever that are getting into it, it, it might be good. Well, like you, like we said before, Star Trek or Star Wars, the the episode one, two, three. We always argue that um, that those were for kids. You know, they made those for right, the teenagers right. that were like. Well, I don't think this is for a teenager. Yeah. But, I don't know. But this. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I don't know. Like maybe, yeah. I I think this is the the twenty one age, the the male twenty one demographic. But maybe maybe it is for for teens. But um, I I really think what that's going to happen is there are going to be some. Trekkies out there that will just love to see Star Trek again on the screen, but 
I think the real loyal people, those Klingon people, those people that love Klingon, <laughs> the people that have the Klingon they're going to be pissed. The people that get married. They're yeah, going to be costume. pissed, and they're going to show up with those sword things they have, and they're going to kill some people. <laughs> it's gonna when be... that happens, uh, <laughs> it's not going to be quite so funny. Or maybe it will. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be ugly. I consider myself just a casual fan, and I think, Greg, you would fit into that category. Yeah. But, um, basically, all I want out of this movie is... Some generic action, like show me their first mission, show the characters like meeting for the first time and that kind of a- interaction. And as long as it's not like overly bad, that's going to be good enough for me. Uh, I'm I'm intrigued for it, but I'm not I'm not expecting the greatest thing in the world by any means. Right, right. And by the way, I think I got the date wrong. I think it's May eighth. It comes out. My apologies. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So very soon. Uh, I guess on that note. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to see it, regardless. I, I'm going to see it probably not opening weekend, just because it's going to be a zoo fest. Although I would like to see all the people in the cool I've never costumes. Heard, this is going to heard the term zoo fest before. <laughs> <laughs> Great job. <laughs> I'd say but that it might it would be, be a little bit over the top, but that's, it that's okay. Be, it, would be nice to, it would be nice to show up and see all the people in the crazy outfits, because it's going to be that kind of day, I'm sure. Um, and <laughs> I, don't, it's, I do expect more than just the CGI bomb fest. This thing... This thing ended up costing like 160 mil, right? Like it's no, it's no joke in terms of production. It's gonna, it's gonna take a lot of money to make back, uh, make back what they spent. And which is odd because there's no big names in this. Yeah, there isn't a whole lot of big names. And the one big name they have has a really small role. Yeah. You know, in a writer. Well, Eric Bana's sort, you know, he's, he's, he's Eric Bana's pretty I, big. I, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't put him in the movie star category, but. Yeah, he's he's getting there. I'd put him on this. I'd put him on at least equal. Well, no one riders and nobody now. Come Are on, you kidding Jim. me? Uh, she's still so hot. Everyone knows who. <laughs> everyone knows who she is, though. Okay, whatever. Fine. Oh, uh, Simon Pegg. How about him? He's bigger than the other people. Simon Pegg playing Scotty, the engineer. Yeah, I do like Simon he's Pegg. The, I like Simon Pegg a lot, but I really don't think he's a good idea for this role. Well, that well that brings me to my next question. So the people they pick for this, if they're starting over, is this the right cast? Like they want they like you just said, this isn't your father's Star Trek, James, or this is what Jeff said. So is this is this the right move if that's what they wanted to do? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, a lot of the cast I don't have a problem with. There's a couple of them that I do have a problem with, but I think they need to honor the current movie, well, you know, the old movies as much as possible without just blowing them all to hell. I mean, he's still supposed to be a young Scotty, so I think he should be something like the young Scotty. And to me, he doesn't kind of portray that at all. So unless he's totally make, made over and does this amazing acting job, I don't think he's yeah. going to be good. Maybe maybe what he'll do is, instead of acting the same way he does in the rest of the movies he's in, he'll act different in this movie, and he'll be a really Yeah, that would be weird. Supposedly, uh, I was reading some interviews with him, and apparently he's a big dork, and he's he's a huge... Oh, I don't, I mean, maybe that's how he ended up in this movie, because he's a big fan. But uh, he was talking about how the original Scotty... Do you know Do you know who happens... What his name was? I forget. James Doohan. James Doohan. Thank you. Um, he's just like, James Doohan Scotty. I'm just trying to be... James Doohan as Scotty, like, is what he was saying. Hey, that's and, cool. Uh, that's good for him. I think he, I think he has the idea, but I, you're right. I don't think he looks. I don't much think he's gonna pull it off. Yeah. I guess is well, my just point. Just because the guy doesn't look like a guy means he can't act like. It. All right, you know what? I'm willing to let that go. You know who I think should be playing Captain Kirk, though? Not Chris Pine. Megan Fox. Megan Fox. Hmm. She that would work. bring in the books. Yeah. I sort of thought her as like a Sulu. 
I think she would be a better Sulu. We'll see. I'm actually fine with Chris Pine being Kirk. I I think they kind of need a a nobody to be in that role. Why is that? Just clean slate? Yeah. I I mean, for the most part, you know, everyone's kind of got a little bit of a name in here, except for Chris Pine, and he's, I don't know, the the star of the show, kind of. So I I think it's best if they just kind of go with a nobody. I was when Superman Returns picked the new Superman. I'm glad they went with a, a kind of a no namer. Right. It's in, in terms of the the cast for me. If this is what they want to do, if they want to attract, like I said, the 21 year old males and get a new system of people in, like I think they I think they made the the right moves here. Um, you having Banner, Harold as uh, Harold from Harold and Kumar. Yeah, yeah, John Cho or whatever his name is. There was a big to do about how John Cho's Korean and how Sulu was. Uh, Japanese American and how it was like a shun toward the original Sulu and everyone was pissed. <laughs> um, you know, uh, at first I had a problem with him, but I'm I'm warming up to the idea. You know, I don't have. <laughs> I problem. think I think he can pull it off a little bit. I I think he'll be good, but you know who'd be better? Megan Fox. <laughs> How'd you know? <laughs> I don't know. Just a guess. Yeah. We'll um. See. Yeah, the the ones I have the biggest problems with are probably Scotty and uh, Chekhov. Chekhov being the the, the Russian. That's the other interesting thing. I didn't know Chekhov was supposed to be so young. Like he's supposed to be like a seventeen year old in this in the movie. Is that? Do you remember that from the original? I don't know any about anything about that at yeah, all. So. Yeah. What do you have? You don't even know. Like I don't know who this kid is. You know, you knew you've seen this guy and stuff. Yeah, I've seen him, but uh, mostly as a child actor. Anton Yelchin. Yelkin? Yeah. It's another thing where. Yeah, appearance plays into this a lot, where he's supposed to be this young version of this other character that people have come to know, and I think he's this baby-faced, blonde-haired, curly-haired guy, and then it's going to be hard for people to accept that, I think. Yeah, it'll, and then he's going to be in Terminator Salvation shortly after that. And he's so. going to have like an outrageous accent, too, like Chekhov does. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be pretty outrageous. And uh, one thing they are doing for uh, the old Trekkies is Leonard Nimoy is supposed to have more than just like a cameo in this. I don't know if it's like a a flashback thing or what, but it's supposed to be uh, pretty big. Wouldn't that be a flash forward? Yeah. Um, it would be a flash forward. Technically, you're right. All right. Yeah, I I know a little <laughs> bit about the movie, but it's a little bit spoilerish. But it's there's supposed to be an alternate reality thing going on here too, so that, that could play into their ability to cast a little differently. I'm I'm pretty big on alternate realities. I like alternate realities. It's really the, better than the one we're living in now. The last the the, the last cast member I wanted to mention was uh, Zoe Zaldana, who plays Ohura in this movie. Who actually I didn't know she's gonna be the Avatar movie coming up, but she's. Not really, like, she's not really in much else, and I don't yeah, know. Yeah, she's kind of a no-namer. Yeah. I don't remember her having much of a personality, though, so I'm pretty sure they could just kind of plug in whoever for this role. Megan yeah. Fox would do fine, I'm sure. There you go. No, not for this it role. No? <laughs> any, any of the other ones, though? So, beyond the cast, this, like, we already said this plot's probably going to be just action-packed, and ho- hopefully it has some character development. I did read that Simon Pegg... Is uh, already signed on for a potential three more movies. So this uh, this is set up for a long lifespan. Do you think it's actually going to be? Uh, no matter what happens, are we going to see a second one, or if this thing bombs, it's just going to be over? I don't see it bombing. That's a tough call. Well, it needs to make it. 160 million is not going to be easy to overcome. In, in box office, no. But this is this is going to sell DVDs. Yeah. People are going to buy this DVD. Yeah. Plus, there's going to be the the uh, international box office too. That's a good point. Very good point. 
I'm sure there's a lot of Star Trek, a lot of Star Trekkies out there worldwide. That's for sure. Um, yeah, Carl Urban's another one that's kind of weird. I don't know how he's going to play out. You know, yeah, he's bones. in uh, like what Lord of the Rings, and he pl- he was in Doom, wasn't he? <laughs> he was in Doom. Yeah. Oh he, yeah, that's. He usually cool. plays this hard ass warrior type, and now he's playing a grumpy doctor. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. I couldn't It'll- figure out who Zoe Zeldana was, and so I looked her up on the uh, on the internet, and it, I I see the immediately. Um, She's uh, she was in the terminal, and she played a huge Trekkie in the movie The Terminal. Really? That's right. Yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. That's so funny. That's, that, that's yeah. That's amusing. <laughs> All right. Cool. That's a, uh, Very that's cool. Kind of funny. Uh, and so, one last thing before we before we go. It sounds like James and James and I will be seeing it. Jeff, this isn't gonna. This isn't for you. This won't be for you. I mean, what do you think? If I haven't seen a Star Trek movie before, maybe uh, maybe uh. this should be the one I start with. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it is an origin story. So, this, is, yeah. this isn't your dad's Star Trek, Jeff. You could watch this. This is, yeah, like this isn't my over. dad's Star Trek. That's yeah. a good point. This is aimed right I for you. I hate my dad's Star Trek. It's a good thing they told me that in the commercial, because otherwise I might not have seen it. But all right. Oh yeah. man. And yeah, and JJ uh, JJ Abrams, he hasn't really done like he did this. He did Lost. He did Cloverfield. Alias. I thought he did. I was gonna say he does. He's done Alias. I thought he did a couple more things. I guess he's got more on the horizon. I guess. But maybe uh, if he pulls this off, maybe he's gonna have some more projects to look forward to. Did he do a good job directing in Cloverfield, at least, James, or did this? Did he I write the story? It? Oh, you never I, saw I, it? I just wrote poetry about oh, it. Oh, I thought you saw it. How did you write that deep, that deep limer- limerick about it without seeing it? <laughs> yes. I think that's the I'm first time good. anybody's ever used the words deep and limerick right next to each other <laughs> like that. Uh, oh, and this might, uh, this might impress our live listener, Brian. Uh, he also uh, directed one of the episodes of Avatar The Last Airbender. So, you know, he might have a little bit of leeway there, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other one thing that this this movie turnout, like if this does well, what what it might be meaning is this is another relaunch of a series. We've seen m- like a couple already, you know, Superman, Batman. Superman didn't. I haven't really heard much about it. Like, n- I don't think it blew up that big after the re-release. But if this ends up making Which one? It, like Superman, Superman? Yeah, yeah, Superman Returns. returns yeah. If this ends up making making big, like, what's the next one we see? Are we gonna see like a like we were just talking before, other sci-fi series relaunched. Like we can see, I don't know, Doctor Who or something, or like just I, I really don't know. Isn't Doctor Maybe we'll see Who already Twilight. Uh, on the BBC being like? A yeah, it is on the BBC. Yeah. Talking, yeah, that is true. You know what but. might actually become a movie, and uh, it might be tough just by the way it ended. But Battlestar Galactica had a huge reawakening on the Sci-Fi Channel. People yeah, love they kinda, that. They kind of wrapped yeah. it up pretty good. Yeah, I watched it pretty religiously, and it, it was really good. But I just don't know what they would do for a movie because they kind of. Wrapped it up and put a bow on it, so it'll be interesting if they try and do that. This isn't a sci-fi, but I'd love to see the Muppet Muppet movies get come, come back. How about that, James? Would that make you happy? I Muppet movies that. remade. I would love. There's that been too. a lot of there have been a lot of improvements in Muppet technology since the originals. So, are you making fun of the thing? Muppets? No, <laughs> I would not make fun of the Muppets. I don't Kermit's know. You, my you sound. I love Kermit. Clearly, you're not a fan. If Kermit's your favorite, that's you don't know what you're doing. Okay, all right. All right. Beaker's <laughs> my favorite, okay? Beaker. I guess it's a Is that more? Uh, okay, yeah. all right. Well, let's, here's the whole thing for, <laughs> for Star Trek. May 8th, uh, I will, I will be there at least, uh, probably the week, weekend after. Maybe we'll get a gathering, a Gunga Pit gathering slash movie hour to go catch it. And we'd love to hear your thoughts, uh, on the Gunga Pit on the forums if you'd like to comment on what your, uh, ask, your insp- inspirations, I can't even see your prospects for Star Trek are next week, or two weeks now. May eighth. So, uh, yeah, we have uh, we have other things other things to discuss. Other, although I know Star Trek is dead to us, we need to move on. 
And it's going to be, I believe it's Parker Posey time, James. I think it's that time of the day. Groovy. Do you want to review last week's? Uh, yes. Last week's was Jeff's. Yeah. Which, uh, actually, got, hey, don't make that noise at me. Dude, you, you sounded so, you sounded so happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I got over like 10 responses. So that's, yeah, that's big. cool. It's big. It's uh, I, I really did really like your question. question. That's a good question. So the Parker Posey, Parker Posey's play along, which is the big feature, big feature of the movie hour. We have a question that comes up every week, which we will answer, uh, live on the show. And then we bring it to the forums for everybody to, play along and Jeff's question last week was what is your favorite movie that came out before you were born I like the movie or I like the question sorry yeah me too uh, it was a very good question and uh, and I actually struggled with it for a little bit but so what were some answers what were some answers you liked or maybe you did not like um you know I, I gotta say I, I'm sticking with mine in a lot of cases we ask these questions and, and somebody changes my mind uh, I think it happened last week as a matter of fact I'm sticking with my answer the graduate as my favorite movie that came out before I was born uh, that having been said we got some good answers uh, B Lee brings up Star Wars um, nothing wrong with that uh <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. A lot of discussion around this movie, Ice Pirates, that I that I uh, am not familiar with. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's a Ice Pirates! Uh, with, instant with classic. Space Herpes picture made it immediately back to there. Yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, The Great Escape came up. Uh, Two thousand one. Our live listener Dean brought up, which is a great movie and a great choice. Uh, Jim would disagree, of course, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, that's that. You know, that that's that's cool. Whatever teaches own. Um, yeah, those are probably my my favorite ones. Uh, Godfather Two came up, which is a fantastic, fantastic movie. I believe Barris brought that up. Can't, can't at all disagree with that. We got some good responses. What would you guys like? Well, I, I, I wasn't really happy with my answer, Caddyshack, but I couldn't really think of uh, anything else at the time. The one thing I did like that actually showed up on the forums was Joshua had mentioned about a movie called The Great Escape that he had remembered when he was a child watching it with with his dad. And he was like, thank you for reminding me of this. I'm going to go pick this up. I totally forgot about this movie. And it's sort of funny that uh, we That's can, what uh, we're here for. We can inspire we people yeah. To, yeah, to do things like that. Yeah. That, was, that, that was a good answer. I also like the, the near miss for me of uh, The Sting. That was another one that I barely couldn't qualify for doing my extremely... Oh, really? Age. It was just at, just <laughs> after. Those those movies... I had I had to check Caddyshack because I knew Caddyshack was around there. And it was uh, it was just above the bar. So I was able to go with it. But... Inspirational people talking about inspirational movies uh, last week. We really were. <laughs> um, so putting putting those to rest, uh, we will give uh, the the lane to James for his question. I'd like to just point out first that you can go to the forums to answer this, and also now on Facebook, uh, find the Movie Hour page. Uh, you'll find there with our logo, and we put up the questions there, so you, people can easily answer via cell phone, etc. And we also have uh, an RSS feed on the, the forums for people to follow along so you'll be able to know what the Parker Posey answers are that people put up. So, James, knock yourself out. All right. I went uh, pretty generic this time around. And this one this was a little tough for me just because uh, I tend to not like these as much as normal movies. But my question is, what is your favorite foreign language film and why? Wow. That's tough. So... Like I said, I, I always have a harder time liking these just because the whole movie. I don't know if I'm a slow Indian. reader. Yeah, the whole having to read just kind of knocks it down like ten percent. Ten percent rule. So, what is your favorite f- movie in a foreign language? I can't You're just like, like more, put on French. I can't put it on French. I can't put Caddyshack on French and watch it. <laughs> Correct. Okay. More than fifty percent right. of the movie has to take place. Or well, has to and you can't do Snatch and uh, and Pikey. Either, right. So. <laughs> But uh, my answer is actually going to be one I 
just watched fairly recently that Greg introduced me to, and it was Old Boy. Oh, yeah. Um, I liked it. It has a pretty good pace to it. Um, some grim subject matter, but that makes it uh, kind of interesting. Um, there's some cool, unique, uh, violent scenes in it, and it's got a great ending. So overall, I think uh, that was probably my favorite. Yeah. I don't have a whole lot under my belt as far as foreign language films, but a lot of the ones I, I've seen, that's the one. A lot of violence there. A lot of violence. I I'm, I already have one. This is one of the few the few movies I own. It's a it's a very small collection I have. Uh, Run Lola Run, great movie. The reason I'm going to defend myself right now because I know there's a lot of uh, we have a live listener that hates the movie, so I'm going to throw it in his face. Uh, the movie pretty much contains every format of film, video, and even like cartoon animation all in the same movie. Like it was just a director sort of um, I don't know. Showing showing off his skills in uh, in during the movie, and they go throughout it and show the main characters in, um, I forget the actual resolution, but they show them in the highest resolution, and then move on to other characters. Anyone, any scene that doesn't contain the main character is in video, and the rest is in film, and it looked it it was really interesting. And anyhow, it was a very good movie. It was in German. Um, so Jeff, there's some points for you. Yeah. And uh, and I think it's uh, Franca Patente was the girl in it, and she's you know, she's art, she's good, she's good in it, she plays a good job, and I would recommend it for anyone that would that would like to see a foreign language film that is in German, maybe if you want to study German or watch Franca Patente run for a long time in the movie. Yeah, that is that is a very good movie. Um, for for our listeners that aren't aware, I uh, pretend to speak German, so I so I've, I've definitely seen that. I the movie I'm going to pick is also a. Uh, a German language movie. Uh, it's called "The uh, Leben des Andres," or uh, trans- translated to English, "The Lives of Others." It's actually a relatively recent movie. It's about a guy that worked for the Stasi in Berlin. The Stasi uh, being the the um, like the the police of the uh, East Berlin during the uh, separation of Germany, and um, and that like the communist secret like. Uh, Kind of like the the KGB of East Germany, and uh, it's this guy listening to uh, listening to this playwright, and it's almost like a like he's he's trying to catch him with like like do subversive stuff, but he and he he can if he wants to, and he's got him right there, but he likes the guy a lot, and he he sort of like sees value in what he's doing, so he he totally like. Uh, like destroys tapes and does all this. It's it's a really really uh, interesting and really touching film. Um, and uh, I highly recommend it. Uh, it's it's available on Netflix, and it's a, it's a it's a really great movie. Man, I should have described mine like that. That was a very good description. But I'm not going to go back. I'm not going to go back. We have a couple live listener answers. One's Heart of Glass, which is another germ. Is it German movie? Jeff, you've seen yeah, that, right? Yeah, Heart of Glass is a it's a um it's a Werner Herzog movie. Yeah, it's um. It's it's a pretty weird movie. We uh, Josh, our our live listener Dean and I saw it in film class, and uh, it's it's pretty weird. I, I remember liking it. I don't really remember a whole lot about it aside from that I liked it. And apparently, um, it's one of the interesting things about it is Tykver, uh, Tom Tyke, or not Tykver, uh, let's get this run a little run, but Werner Herzog, um, the director, apparently hypnotized a lot of the actors, or maybe all the actors. I can't remember. Which exactly. is crazy. Yeah, really, really weird. That's crazy. And uh, and so like everybody who's acting is like hypnotized to some extent or another, and it, it makes for some very surreal, surreal uh, stuff. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, <there's> a <laughs> we have a another one with, from another live listener, Brian, was with it with Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon as a, as an option, which is a good movie. Yeah, I like that movie. That is a good one. Sort of like you're. I don't. I'm again not another samurai person, but I'm sure it's sort of um, is an ode to those things. Yeah. But it's a 
I really like romance, I loss, suffering, I like sacrifice. Hero was good. I haven't seen Hero. I, I would probably lean towards an action movie for my favorite uh, foreign, just because you know I don't have to read as much. There is a. I'm a simple man. Yeah. I'm a simple person with simple needs. That's why that's why we like you, James. That's why we like you. Um, so, good question. Uh, question again is, what is your favorite foreign language film? With a couple of caveats. And why? Of it must, and why? And why? Um, must be. Not, it must be in its original language, and and uh, and it can't be uh, British English. We're not accepting British English people. So. Unless you're Spanish. If you're Spanish and calling or writing into the show, feel free. Ooh, yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah. Then feel free to pick Ghostbusters. So that's yeah. cool. <laughs> very good, very good Parker play, Posey play along. And uh, again, if you want to play along, you can go to theyungapit.com to put in your answers on the forums, or you can answer on Facebook. Look for the movie hour page. Uh, there is another big announcement we want to bring up. This is the reason we uh, we've been keeping this keeping this under under the radar. Uh, this coming May. Uh, we are going to have a special feature for you. It's, uh, we prepared a four-part look at the role music plays in the movies we love. It's sort of uh, sort of what we see on the screen tells us what's happening, but what we hear tells us how we how it feels to be there, kind of thing. Not only does music bring us into the films we love, it can inspire us, cause strong emotions to well up inside of us, and send chills up our spines. It's a it's going to be a very interesting segment. Fortunately, there will be a lot of discussions about. Pretty much pop music, soundtracks, classical music, everything you can think of. Pretty much the movies uh, all these people have created, the songs that grace them, and anything else you can think of is going to be discussed in this coming month, which we are calling Music in May. Uh, we will be discussing a little bit about current events. Uh, obviously, there are big movies coming out in May, but we wanted to f- stay focused on uh, music and its, uh, and its parts in film. It's going to be big. You got, you, we're, we're excited about it. it. Yeah, it's, it's like uh, sweeps week here at the internet. It's it's sweeps week here, We're to, here at the internet. <laughs> isn't, isn't isn't like normal TV gonna, over now too? So uh, actually, no. This is like season finale week or something. Okay, all right. So we're, we're, we need yeah. We're the competition the is stiff. We're upping the ante a little bit. So keep that in mind, and also keep in mind that when we do launch that, our uh, our episodes are going to be coming out on Thursday morning, not Wednesday morning now. So you're gonna have to. You're going to have to put that off for a little bit. Uh, thank you to our live listeners. Uh, thank you uh, to everyone else that's listening at home. And congratulations again, Michelle, with uh, the marathon. I, uh, I'm proud of you. And a happy Great birthday work. to uh, Senior Maloney, my dad. It's yeah, his birthday. definitely. Oh, happy birthday, Mr. Yeah. Maloney. Yeah. So thank you again, everybody, for listening. Thank you, James and Jeff, for the input. I hope everyone enjoyed. Thanks for listening. Yeah, drive safe. See you guys all later. Go catch Star Trek when it comes out. We'll eat in Star Trek the movie hour. Take care of it. They recruit starfighters by who scores well in this video game of That is awesome. Yes. That is awesome. <laughs> Only 101 minutes long, that's a shame. <laughs>
definitely hear an echo there. <laughs> <laughs>